welcome to this episode of The Art and Design of Sci-Fi and Fantasy, Mystery and Horror. Uh, today, I speak with Dr. Gabriel Eljak Rodriguez. I think I messed up his last name a little bit. But he's written on um, Latin American horror cinema, contemporary horror cinema from about the, the 90s to about present day, 2016, 17. Thank you and enjoy. I'm speaking with Dr. Gabriel Alhayek Rodriguez, author of The Migration and Politics of Monsters in Latin American Cinema. Thank you for speaking with me. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. So first, can you tell me how you got into um, studying this subject and, and writing about it? Yeah, this is something that I have been interested uh, I mean, this could be like a commonplace, but this is something that I have been interested since I was a little kid. I have been uh, interested in, in monstrosity and horror films and things like that. And then when I when I came to the United States to to do my PhD, I, I discovered that it, it could be uh, an academic topic. So I decided to to start working uh, not only on the on the cinema. But also in the into Gothic literature and, and Gothic literature in Europe and the United States, but also in Latin America. So I mean, this is something that I have been working since uh, I was a grad student, and then it became kind of like a, a a topic that I'm that I'm revisiting constantly and that I'm working with constantly. Mm-hmm. So where mm-hmm. where in Latin America did you grow up? I grew up in Bogota, in Colombia. I, I lived uh, 24, 25 years in Colombia mm-hmm. before I came to the to United States, to, to Atlanta. And so when you were growing up, what uh, was the cinema um, that you were exposed to? Was it a lot of American cinema or was it more Latin or what was the mix? It's a little bit of everything, you know, Bogota, it's a, it's a city that attracts a lot of, a lot of cinema from many different places. It's a city that you can find, um, cinema festivals from the United States, of course, but also from Europe, from Russia. You can find like maybe more like continental kind of cinema festivals, but also, uh, sometimes they, you, you find like cinema festivals by, by country, even by region in different countries. So it's, it's a city that you can find a lot of cinema. So I was just exposed to, to cinema from many different places since I was very young. So it's something that I have been, again, interested since I was, since I was very young. And was this material um, dubbed or translated to Spanish, or were you watching it in original languages or different languages? Normally, you watch it in, in the original language with subtitles. Uh, Colombians, they, are, they don't have any particular feelings about about um, other languages. and Because, for example, like Spaniards, they really like to, to doubt the, the, the films. But, but in Latin America, most of the times you find the movies in the original languages with subtitles. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's like a very common practice. And, for example, when, like, I don't know, when you're having a, a Russian cinema festival, for example, uh, part of the of the attraction of the field of the cinema festival is the possibility to listen to another another language and learn a little bit about the culture. Mm-hmm. And I ask mm-hmm. I ask all those questions because um, one of my sort of side interests is how how uh, interest in any kind of speculative fiction, you know, horror, fantasy, sci-fi, how it's 
um, sort of consumed in uh, produced and consumed in in countries outside of the you know English speaking Western world, you could say. Uh huh. No, and that's that. I think that that's something that in Colombia specifically and Latin America in general is something that it's it's a region that is it, it being always very open to to cultural products from many different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes not so much. I mean, depending on the country. You see that there's like more or less opening to the actual people, mm-hmm. but but it's a region that is always been uh, consuming uh, products from many different places. So obviously, one of the, the main influences is uh, the United States, mm-hmm. but but you can you can find uh, influence, cinematic influence, or literary influence from from many different countries. No, uh, I remember talking with uh, one of my friends from grad school, and he. He grew up in Cuba, and we discovered that uh, some particular Soviet cartoons that he grew up watching uh, that only were broadcast in the Soviet Union and in Cuba, mm-hmm. for some weird reason, ended up uh, being show, um, broadcast in Colombia as well. So it's, you, you sometimes you find like these weird interconnections, no? this weird consumption of products that you will think that it will not have like the possibility to to reach so far, mm-hmm. but but it's it, yeah it's really interesting and and I grew up with a lot of these no a lot of these uh, cartoons from the United States no I remember watching Scooby Doo Where Are You when I was when I was younger um, um Japanese manga and and a lot of a lot of cultural products that kind of like inform my my perception and my approach to popular culture. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you get products from Latin America as well. No, I mean Mexico. It's a uh, it's a powerhouse when it comes to uh, popular culture in Latin America. And you, that the Latin American countries we consume a lot of Mexican products. Mm-hmm. So it goes it goes in multiple ways. I will say. Okay, so uh, tell me then about the the book. Mm-hmm. The book um, is basically a, a, a study a study on Latin American horror films mm-hmm. and contemporary Latin American horror films uh, and how these films are reflecting and are talking about political specific political situations in in different countries of the continent. Mm-hmm. So in in some way, uh, it's something that I have been I have been seeing in in many years that I have been. Researching and teaching about horror, that is like this, this power that horror has to be very political without apparent, apparently being, you know, like sometimes people don't see horror as, as a very political genre. So, so part of what I'm trying to show is like, I mean, obviously I'm not the only one or the first one. I mean, this is something that the theorists in, in horror have been, have been trying to show uh, since a long time ago. But I mean, my point is like, in Latin America, it's especially significant. You can you can see it in in many many films, horror films specifically. So, when you say contemporary, can you tell me the range, sort of the years that you're looking at? Then, you know how far yeah. back you go. Yeah, I mean the the most of the movies that I'm working with are from the maybe mid '90s to the the this, this specific moment, 2018 or 2000. 17, 16, mm-hmm. uh, but I have a couple, uh, maybe one, Q, 
Cuban film that is from 1985. Probably that's the oldest one that I'm that I'm working with. And obviously, I'm I'm referencing some more uh, older, maybe 60s, 70s films from Latin America because um, the production, the the horror, the cinema, the horror cinema, sorry, in Latin America, uh, the production is not insignificant but it's obviously not as big as the American production for example mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of directors are connecting um, all the time with productions that happen in the 60s or in the 70s so mm-hmm. yeah contem- the movies that I that I'm focusing on basically are from um, maybe mid 90s to to the contemporary time do you focus on movies that uh, did well in the box office or were popular, or do you delve more as well into um, maybe unknown, even in Latin American, Latin America things that were not so well known? I'm trying to cover a little bit of, of, of both, I will say, because, yeah, for example, I, I work with some films by Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, he's like one of the biggest names in 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 Latin American horror and in horror in general mm-hmm. uh, but I'm also working a couple of films that are like very unknown kind of like they are very unknown but they already have a little bit of like a cold um, a cold status mm-hmm. so so yeah I think that the movies let's say that the, the, the a big number of the movies that I'm working with are movies that are fairly known in Latin America Mm-hmm. Uh, but and in the extremes, I have Guillermo del Toro in one side, and in the other side, I have these uh, cult uh, films. That mm-hmm. a couple of them are really, really low budget, uh, but that but represent many of the of the films, like like very artisanal films, let's say, mm-hmm. that, that sometimes appear from time to time in in different countries of Latin America. And how many of these films made it outside of Latin America, you know, shown in, in non-Spanish-speaking countries, would you say? How, how common mm, is that? It's not uncommon, uh, but it doesn't happen. I mean, it's not uncommon, but it's not extremely, it's not something that happened all the time. For example, there's one of the films that I work with, uh, it's called uh, the Mexican, or it's, Me- it's a Mexican film. The, the original title is Somos Lo Que Hay, We Are What We Are. Um, and this film, it had a remake in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, maybe uh, two or three years after the, the Mexican version, it had a, um, a remake in the United States. But it was with the help of the Mexican director. And also, some of these films, uh, they had, they, they made it to, to the American audiences. And obviously when we are talking about uh, Guillermo del Toro, obviously we are talking about uh, a global, a global order, not a global, a global film, filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some of these films, for example, there's a couple of Colombian film, Colombian films that, uh, at some point, the, the variety, Magazine, they they were informing that maybe there will be like remakes, no American remakes, and that Hollywood was looking into um, buying the rights and things like that. But this, I'm talking about a movie from 2007, and we still don't have 
an American version of that. No, so so some of these films are are known uh, outside um, Latin America or, or outside the countries, mm-hmm. but it's not something that is happening so much. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's a still it's a still something that that happened from time to time. Mm-hmm. And also, I think sorry, I think it also have to do with the fact that some of these films they are well received some of them in Latin America, but it's not that they are also like breaking um, record of, of, of assistance or they have the enormous um, audiences in Latin America. Right. That's, yeah, that's part of the issue, you know, that, that in Latin America still people consume a lot of a lot of horror films, but people's audiences are, are a little hesitant to, to watch horror films made in their own countries, <laughs> mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, looking at uh, how monsters, uh, how they express monsters and monstrosity in Latin America, how is that? How is it similar and different to how it's done, say, in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I that I work in the book is the the place of Latin America and of colonial Latin America in relation to Europe first, and then to the United States, no, and in this, this place of monstrosity, you know, like it seems that since the arrival of the European conquerors, America was the place of the, America as a continent was the place of the wonders, no, the place of the monsters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, during many, many years, I mean, this was like the status that the continent had. Then, uh, it changed a little bit, but part of what I'm trying to, to say is that some of these directors of contemporary horror films, the Latin American uh, horror film, they try to recuperate or to use this this monstrosity, you know, like mm-hmm. like this space, kind of like saying, like, okay, yeah, we were the place of the monsters, so we're going to use that, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to 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 use that to create uh, the horror stories, uh, horror films. No, so and I and I think that that's very interesting in in some ways is reverting a little bit like this this colonial um this colonial naming of this colonial construction of Latin America the place of the barbers for example mm-hmm. no and, and then they these directors they use images like that are very recognizable for example the cannibal no mm-hmm. uh, this this Mexican film that I was talking uh, a little ago like we are what we are. It's a movie about Mexican cannibals, mm-hmm. you know. So, and um, and if we take into account that the, the the idea of the cannibal was created by Europeans, by but in America, so so we can see how what in a, in some moment it was like a um, a term of like an image created to undermine what what Latin America is. Mm-hmm. It it became or it, it transformed. In, in something that it could like empower or like show like uh, okay yeah it, it, they say that we are cannibals we're gonna show that we are really really cannibals no and, and we can create like this idea of monstrosity mm-hmm. you know so so I think that for in, in one side we have that like this reclaiming that monstrosity that American monstrosity mm-hmm. but at the same time uh, using a lot of these these um I don't know. I will say this encyclopedic, encyclopedic horror, like knowledge of horror, 
mm-hmm. no precisely because audiences uh, and directors they are so familiar with American horror with European horror with Asian horror uh, you can see a lot of that in the in the films in mm-hmm. some of the films that, that I work in in the book no? for example a lot of contemporary um, Peruvian and Colombian horror cinema they are really really influenced by that Asian horror for example, by mm-hmm. what, what it's called J horror, Japanese horror, mm-hmm. or Korean horror. No, so so you can see you can see the influence. No, so so you can see that yeah, a lot of the monstrosities that are appearing are are connected with these Japanese or Korean or European or American monsters. But at the same time, they reflect problems that are like very very particular to Latin American contexts. Mm-hmm. Since you bring that up, actually, I'm curious how much influence have have uh, European and Asian immigrants into Latin America had on the horror industry versus more indigenous or, or more you know Spanish um, mm-hmm. natives of Latin America. Now, yeah, I would say that maybe uh, the horror that was produced maybe in the 60s and 70s in Latin America, even 80s, it's a little more connected with I don't know got the gothic horrors you know um, obviously with with their particularities but very influenced by Hammer the Hammer films uh, or like Universal films uh, lately maybe in contemporary horror uh, Asian for example like what I was telling you before uh, Asian horror film Japanese horror is really really important mm-hmm. for for uh, Latin American directors and it's it's a very particular uh, interpretation and representation of this, no? Because you can see ghosts that, for example, I work a movie that is called um, uh, Kilometer Thirty One Thirty First. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Mexican film about uh, the Llorona, like this, the the, the weeping woman. Okay. Uh, that it's it's a very it's a very Latin Pan American, you'll say. Um, like ghost, uh, but it's 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 about that this very particular ghost from Latin America and from Mexico, but the way that they represent the ghost is very Japanese. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very recognizable as uh, the way that Japanese filmmakers portray uh, the female ghost. Mm-hmm. Also, it's, it's you have like this mixture of elements uh, that. Probably immigrants, uh, like actual people, uh, are, are connected with that, but it's also these, these migrations, and in that sense, that's why the book is, is, is making an emphasis on, yeah, these migrations have to do with people, but also it's a migration of cultural products, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, really in some countries in Latin America, it's easy for, for cultural products to enter and to access the culture than the, the actual people, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yeah, I mean, I will say like in, in, and, and obviously I can't generalize, but, but uh, there's a lot of influence from, from Japanese and, and more contemporary American horror in the, the directors. And, for example, what you were saying about, uh, for example, indigenous, indigenous um, influences, mm-hmm. you can see that not in all the, the, the production in, in Latin America, but you can see it, for example, in, in what it's called Andean or horror. Hmm. That is, is, is like 
films are produced um, mainly in Peru and Bolivia. Okay. You know, so it's, these are movies that are trying to dig into the, the indigenous, in the indigenous past and finding uh, horrors and monsters that they could be more connected with the, the traditions of the, of the indigenous people from Bolivia and from Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's doing, it's going very well. Some of the, the films, for example, before what I was, what I was telling you that I, I worked some very low budget films. Some of these uh, Peruvian films are very low budget, but they, they started, um, opening. They started, they started opening, uh, like the door for like other, some other directors with a little bit more, more budget, with more experience in, in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start opening the door for them to, to get interested in this. No? So, so we have like really low budget films, but also, uh, movies that are like getting like better, um, special effects, a better narrative, better, better camera. No? So, so this is a phenomenon that it's, it's, it's growing. No, it's, it's growing in, 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 in Latin America, specifically in the Andean region. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are there any, are there other um, significant issues that you cover in the book that you might that we haven't talked about yet that you might want to bring up? Um, I mean, maybe what I would like to to stress is like the the important the connection between between the histories of, of Latin America and and the horror the, the horror films, you know, because um, and I, it is something that I talk with my I, I, I tell my students all the time, you not know, like. Horror films, yeah, they are. Uh, it's entertainment, of course, and and sometimes they seem to be completely disconnected with with reality, but they are very and um, highly political. No, so so in many of these films, you can see um, the remnant of, of history of the event, historical events of the of things political. Uh, Issues that are happening in the country, in a particular country, in a particular time. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, uh, a lot of the films that are made in Argentina are are connected with uh, with gore. Oh, they are they are like movies that you can fit into the slasher uh, subgenre or the gore subgenre. Mm-hmm. No, and and if we if we analyze that, I mean, it's not. Is not random, you know. I mean, we are talking about countries that in the 20th century they went and they had very, very uh, painful and, and bloody dictatorships. Mm-hmm. You know? So many of these films, indirectly, I mean, more or less indirectly, they are they are talking about this. You no, know? so that there are movies that maybe they are not. That's not the the most important topic that they are treating. But you can find that. You no, know? you can find that, and you can see how. How political, like how how interested these directors are in in talking about uh, politics and history, mm-hmm. and, and and it's something that sometimes like audiences they 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 are not expecting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'd like to ask about how you did your research. Um, I assume you you watched all these films, you know, a few times over. Did you? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me about that. You know, your research for this. What'd you do? Yeah, I mean that's it's it's uh, it's a very fun research because as you are saying, uh, I I watch the films. You know, I, I I really have to 
watch the films obviously more than more than once sometimes maybe two or three times and then I will have to go back not to a specific a specific parts of the film uh, to see to make sure that what I'm thinking about it is, is, is what it's happening you know mm-hmm. and, and of course what I'm doing is it's an exercise of, of interpretation but at least to make sure that my interpretation works with what the, the director is, is is trying to portray mm-hmm. and so it's uh, a visual and an analytical uh, approach to the film and then after I do that I, I start kind of like going deeper into into literature and into theory uh, that help me that helps me understand uh, some of the things that I'm that I'm seeing now so for example when I was working with uh, Argentinian films I really had to do a, a, a very um, very deep research into the Argentinian dictatorship and the history of, of Argentina in the second part of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Not to, to really understand some of the some of the things that I was seeing and some of the, the reference, because precisely because it's not a historical thing, precisely because it's not a drama, it's not a politic, apparently a political film. Mm-hmm. Also, some of these uh, references are, are, are they tend to be very subtle. No, so, so in that sense, yeah, you watch the film like uh, several times, and then there is a moment when when I go into into researching history, researching literature, researching references. No, and all, all of this helped me to to kind of like make uh, make the connections that I that I want to make. Did you have any trouble finding, you know, maybe lesser well-known films? Do you have trouble accessing any films you wanted to get your hands on, or how was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that could be an issue uh, when when you are in when you are doing this from the United States. Uh, when I when I travel to Latin America, I try to to inform, like, to see which movies I'm I'm going to be able, for example, to buy in in DVD or in Blu-ray or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sometimes I have to like really, really go deep into the internet trying to to find films because sometimes they they, they could be very difficult. And and for example, some of these films from the Andean horror, they could be very difficult, no? Because some of these films were only shot in in Peru, mm-hmm. and not even not even in Lima, no? not even in the capital, no. So some of these films were shown in. In a, com- in a um, community uh, cinema in a very small town in the mountains of Peru. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, fortunately, there's more and more people interested in this. And, and in Latin America, there's people that are like putting some of these films or at least like fragments of, of obscure films on the internet. No, but, but obviously, yeah, sometimes the quality is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sound is horrible, so so yeah. Uh, some of these films could be a little bit complicated to find. Uh, th- these ones are like a little bit more obscure. No, obviously, um, one of the films, the Guillermo del Toro films that I work, is The Shape of Water. So uh, my research for that film it was like going to the cinema and watching the movie. You know, and, and that was very very nice and very easy, let's say. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, some other films is is like a little more complicated. To, to find them and obviously oh, and also sorry because um, some of these films sometimes they take a little bit of time to 
the, the companies uh, they take uh, the um, the producers and the and the companies that are like making these films they take a little a little bit of time to put them on a DVD format for example mm-hmm. and some of them could be very jealous of the copyrights on the internet so uh. so these are careful let's say mm-hmm. they, they could be very careful uh, with the copyright so so yeah sometimes it, it takes me days to to find a film mm-hmm. that I can that I can comfortably watch did you have a did you start with a list of films and stick to that or did you as you researched, did you fi- discover other not so well known films that you said, "Oh, I want to. I think I want to look at that one too." Yeah, I, I try to be as informed as I can mm-hmm. about like new, 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 new movies coming out in Latin America. Um, I try to keep in contact with with friends in different places that they can tell me, like, "Oh, there's a movie coming," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I try to be like well informed. But yeah, some of some of the encounters are are like I don't know, so serendipitous in the sense that I'm that I'm looking for something and then like I I found a, a web page that is talking about this other movie that I that I say like oh this will be great mm-hmm. to have you know or or at least that will this will be great to to reference no mm-hmm. and fortunately uh, the the number of films of the horror films in Latin America. It's not insignificant, no, but, but again, it's not as, it's not as big as, like, for example, the European or the American tradition. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's a little bit easier to keep track. Mm, and for example, there's more and more people interested in, in these kind of films in Latin America. So, for example, there are some, there's bloggers that they are, they are trying to keeping, keeping uh, people well informed about what's happening in horror mm-hmm. and there's like more and more uh, festivals cinema festivals that that are uh, that they specialize in this kind of film mm-hmm. films so for example in Argentina there's a very famous one that it's called uh, Buenos Aires Rojo Sangre like Buenos Aires uh, blood red or red blood and mm-hmm. um, there's uh, there's one in, in in Bogota in Colombia that is called Cinema Zombie. So there's like there's a big community of people that are like trying to to keep these films moving around, you know. Mm-hmm. But as I was telling you before, yeah, there's like some of these films that they they reach like really small audiences. Mm-hmm. So those are the really difficult to find. <laughs> yeah. So, so apart from getting to watch all these movies, was there a part of the research? Apart from that, that was very enjoyable. Maybe some films that you hadn't seen before that you really liked, or you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, when I was doing this research, when I was starting the research, like a couple of years ago, um, I discovered this this Andean cinema that I was talking about, and it was very it was very nice to find. You know, it was very nice to to see that there's. Um, that there's directors in in Peru and Bolivia that are like getting getting interested in in film in the the indigenous and Andean traditions, you know, because sometimes what you when when some directors in Latin America focus on these kind of traditions, I don't know, they they try to make films that they will look a little more like documentaries, you know, or or kind of like 
a curiosity or like a folkloric film, you know. So mm -hmm. it, it was really nice for me to see, very enjoyable for me to see that that some of these directors are really taking these these um, stories to a different level. No, they are like really trying to to create atmospheres and create um, a space, a cinematic space that really can. Um, scare audiences, contemporary audiences, no? Mm -hmm. Because, because, I don't know if you, if you, if you are an audience that you are used to watch really, really elaborated American films, horror films, no? So obviously mm -hmm. a, a film that is, that is, mm, I don't know, talking about a specific folkloric, um, monster, no, it's not gonna have the same, the same impact that an American film will have. No, so, so in that sense, uh, the the effort that these uh, directors are, are trying to like to put these these movies to make these movies completely uh, competitive in a, in a global um, market. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, that was very very interesting. No, to 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 see uh, that it, it is possible. Not 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 because it's that that is the the goal. You know, it's great to have like films that are like more. Uh, local and you know, but it's good to see that there's also other things that are like saying like, look, Latin America, we have these these things, we have these particular monsters, you know, that that they could be as scary as as any other monsters in some other places. You mm -hmm. know, what did you find that was most surprising as you did your research? Surprising, um, how how political these films could be because. One thing is, I don't know, to, to watch, uh, George Romero's films, you know, and, and see like, oh yeah, the zombie, the zombies represent X, Y, or Z, you know. Mm -hmm. But, but I would like to see how, how many of these films are, are really good at, um, talking about, uh, political issues, and in some cases, um, things that are not, very accepted in the in the specific societies, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was surprising for me to see how because yeah, I, I had that idea, you know. It was something that I was thinking and I was seeing in other in other cinematographies, but it was great and surprising to see how effective they could be, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how even if it's if it's not the the preferred genre in Latin America. It's growing and it's it's kind of like surprising audiences because some some people go and watch the film and say like well you know that was a good that was a good scary movie and maybe I can think a little bit about like this or that specific specific social issue or a specific part of the history of my country. Mm -hmm. Now so so that was a, a pleasant and a, and a good surprise for me. Was there a particularly difficult issue? that uh, you were trying to research, maybe some kind of uh, some symbolism or something that you just couldn't quite get a grasp on and finally did or maybe still haven't? Mm, maybe how to put all of these films together, how to... Because, I mean, I'm, I'm working in, in, in different countries, you know, with different and particular stories because, yeah, Latin America... We share a language, we, we share a lot of cultural traditions, but we are, we are very, very different, you know, like a, 
an Argentinian could be incredibly different from a Mexican. No, mm. so so and and the histories of the of the diff, of the countries are are very could they could be very different. No, so in in that sense, uh, it was it was a, a little bit of a challenge to to put all of these things together in a way that it makes sense. Mm. You know, in a way that. That I was saying, like, okay, it's going to have the book is going to have a flow, and the the person that is reading is not going to think that I'm crazy and that I'm <laughs> connecting things that does doesn't have anything anything to do with with uh, like in, in between them, you know. Mm-hmm. So other than geography, you no, know, because because yeah, of course, if I'm writing a book about about Latin American cinema, obviously I'm gonna use movies from different places, but but I was it was a challenge, kind of like to. To make sure that that these movies were connected somehow, you know that they were like that the the reader could find um, that oh yeah, this movie from this place it's somehow connected uh, with this movie from this other country, you know. So so that was a challenge. Uh, I hope that I <laughs> that I that I did it well at the end. So so yeah, but but it was it was a challenge, and also being from from Latin America, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and knowing that that it's something that I I can't be uh, I can I cannot take the easy easy route you know mm-hmm. that I have to I have to really do like an effort trying to say like yeah I mean this is this is something that we share but there's also a ton of things that we don't share. Mm-hmm. Did any of the films that you saw um, did any of them emotionally move? Was there one that emotionally moved you stronger than the others in some way? That's a very good question. Um, let me think. One of them. Um, I mean, maybe a film that I really like and it moved me mostly to to love, not to have a, a great time. It's uh, Vampires in La Habana, Vampires in Havana. Mm-hmm. That is this film that I told you that is from the the eighties, nineteen eighty five. It's uh, it's horror, but it's also it's also comedy, no? So it's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great film that is imagining what what happened if that they were vampires in Havana, mm-hmm. you know, in in the in the tropical under the tropical sun, no? So it's <laughs> it's a movie that yeah, exactly. Every time that I that I watch it, it it um makes me laugh, you know, and makes me think more and more about not only about the 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 bizarreness of like how bizarre is that the, the someone could think that vampire vampires can survive under the Caribbean sun, but also the amount of implications that this have for the gothic genre and for the the horror cinema. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a great film that every time that I see it, it makes me it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And maybe a, a really a, a good surprise. It was um, the Shape of Water. No, it was. It's a it's a really really pretty film. No, I enjoy it uh, uh, very much. Um, and I think that's that's a film that is showing. I think that it's an, a, a not very pretentious film in the sense that like it's Del Toro doing what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. No, so. Um, so it was, it was a it was a very a very nice surprise and it, it moved moved me the fact watching the movie but also hearing Del Toro saying that this is a movie that he wanted to do since he was a kid mm-hmm. you know like this 
this idea of the, this director that is profoundly in love with monsters and, and that he was saying like yeah I mean I was I was sick that like the monster was always alone you know that or like the monster had to become something else uh, in order to to get the girl no so it was it was very very good to hear like to like, hear him saying like okay the only way that I'm gonna get this is if I make the movie so I'm gonna make the movie <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. so what do you hope uh, the book will do I hope that the book will um, will be good informing uh, audience uh, like readers about the diversity of films of horror films that we have in Latin America mm-hmm. mm, like because uh, as I'm telling you it's not a huge uh, industry but, but it's an industry that is there it has been there since the 20s probably uh, and it's growing now so showing that this is something that we that we are well, like Latin American directors are working in um, it's there uh, and also um, showing how again uh, how political this 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 genre could be mm-hmm. no and how how good could be like um giving audiences the information that is going to be productive when thinking about like history or or political processes no so so i, I hope that that the book is able to do that not to to show the the things that are happening in contemporary some things because of course I I can't I can't cover all the films that have been uh, made in 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 the in the last I don't know ten fifteen years mm-hmm. but some of these films and also showing that that it's a very political genre. Okay, can you uh, talk to any difficulties you had in finishing or getting the book published and how you overcame those? Uh, I mean. It's the, the book is coming, uh, is, is Paul, Paul with Macmillan, and unfortunately I had like really good, uh, editors that they have been working with me since the very beginning, no? And I mean, that's, in that sense I feel very, very lucky to have like a, <laughs> an editorial team that always have been helping me and, and listening and, you know, because it's, it's, it's really, it could be, uh, a difficult process, no? And I mean, this is my my first book in English. No, I I I, read, I published two two. I have other two in Spanish, mm-hmm. but this is my first book in English. So it was obviously it was um uh, 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 like a little more difficult. No, obviously it's not. It's my second language, um, and I feel very comfort comfortable with it. But but it's 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 different. No, it's, it's like another experience to see and write something. In, in your second language. No, so that was a, it was a difficulty, but it was also a challenge, mm-hmm. not to, to be able to, to see it and, and write it and then come back and read it like three days later and realize that the structure that it was like well written by the structure that I was using, it was more like a structure in Spanish than in English. Yeah. So, so real, yeah, realize that I had to like use more more periods and like maybe this was this word would have to go in some other place so it was a kind of like a a, a constant uh, revising of, of my own uh, writing mm-hmm. that I mean that's uh, obvious that's part of the process of writing in any language you know but, but it was I, I let's say that I feel it 
a little bit more uh, writing this book. You know? So so that was like a, a difficulty and a challenge at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, what I'm telling you, fortunately, I had a group of editors that they were always very, very willing to to listen and to to inform me about deadlines and processes, you know. So, so it, it was it was very good to have to have the the editorial group like the, my editor like helping me with that. Mm -hmm. And getting a publisher, you didn't. It sounds like you didn't have much of a problem getting a publisher for the the concept and idea. No, fortunately, um, the. One of the chief editors, he, he approached me in um, in a conference maybe two two and a half years ago, and he he thought he, he told me like that that they, they he, that they could be interested in 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 a book. So so what I did was I sent them like a couple of options, and they they picked the one that, that they the product that they thought that it would be like better for. For Palgrave, no. So, so it was it was a very a very smooth process. Or it had been a very smooth process. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have uh, Do you have a, another writing project in mind? Uh, yes, I have a couple that I, I, they are still kind of <laughs> in the air. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, maybe like little things because I. I Probably this is something that happened to too many other writers, but it's like, I don't know, when you're writing, you're always putting on the side, like somewhere like small proje uh, projects, you know, like, like little, like tumors of writing, I will say, mm -hmm. that they appear and then you, you put it to the side. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm interested, for example, in, in contemporary American horror, mm -hmm. in American horror story and all of these. All of these um, shows, mostly on TV, you know, that, and I think that they are reshaping the the way that people approach horror, mm -hmm. um, and in, in in platforms that that sometimes are not the traditional format of TV. You know? so so for example, that is that is a topic that that really interests me, and and at some point it could become like a, another another book, another project. You know? mm -hmm. So. I assume the book will be on Amazon and online bookstores. Um, is there? Do you have a personal website or social media that people can follow your thoughts or anything? I don't. I mean, I I have my. You know, that's something that I have to work more on. I I, <laughs> I, I have been thinking about like uh, having a, a web page. I still don't have it, but I use Academia. Um, and I'm, if people look at me through my name, Gabriel Hayek, probably they are going to find me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, with some, some academics in, in Latin America and the United States, we have been trying to, to work in, um, in a webpage about like, uh, Latin American Gothic. No, that, mm. that's, that's another thing that really interests me. So, so, uh, yeah, there's a Latin American Gothic um, web page. So that's, that's another place that people can can take a look. And I'm and sometimes I'm, I'm I'm writing there and I'm trying to share a little bit of my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Now, did you uh -huh. say the uh, the web address for it is? Oh, uh, www. Uh, Latin American Gothic 
association.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. A long address, so, but an easy one. Well, that's all. Yeah, the- so, so, yeah, that's, that's something that, I mean, with, with some other um, academic, we are, we are trying to, to, to also create a little bit of like, um, the presence of, of, a, of a Latin American Gothic, you know, um, like the idea that there is a Latin American Gothic, and, and it has been happening since the mid 19th century. Mm-hmm. So, so, and there's there's many 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 um, works and, and books that are like, uh, very interesting. In that so no, that that's also an, uh, an idea that we have been working on. Okay, um, that's all the questions I have. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think that uh, this was a very good conversation. Again, thank you very much for the invitation. Yes, thank you for speaking with me. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit chrisalvarez.com or theartofsciencefiction.com for more great interviews, photos, and articles. Your visits help support this podcast. Please remember that my first name, Chris, does not have an H in it. One of the best ways to provide feedback for this podcast is to rate me on iTunes. Please give me a good rating if you liked it, or feel free to give me a bad rating if you didn't. I'll use that feedback to make this a better podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram under Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi, on Facebook under Chris Alvarez WLC, on YouTube under Chris Alvarez WLC and on Twitter under Chris Alvarez WLC. Thanks for listening and keep imagining the future.